As some of you know, we had Vacation Bible School a few weeks ago, about two weeks ago. And during Vacation Bible School, we had about 250 kids and about 70 adults. Did anyone here happen to be a part of the 250 kids? Anyone? Just raise your hand if you were. Yeah, I see one. Anyone? Okay. Yeah, I see two. Okay, thank you. Oh, two hands. I love that. Okay. If you have ever been to a vacation Bible school at the church, raise your hand. Ever? Nice! Even better. Guess what? If you have raised your hand, I want you to stand up. Go ahead. You can stop. Thank you, adults. We are going to try something. On every good cruise ship, there's always entertainment. The people standing will now be our entertainment. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I know. The dad's like, come on, stand up here with me. So what we're going to do today at Vacation Bible School, one of the things that if you've ever been to a Vacation Bible School or you just want to sing and have fun, you're welcome to stand up too. I should say that. So let's just say if you're under the age of 12 and over or under, (laughs) you can stand up. Everybody sits down. What we're going to do is we're going to see if you know the same Vacation Bible School songs that I know. I have a few favorites, so I want to see if you know my favorites. And if you do, you're going to sing them. <laughs> the first one, do you know the song, I Am a Sea? Anybody? Yes. Nice. How does it go? R-I-S-T-I-A-N. And I have C-H-R-A-S-T and my H-E-A-R-T and I will L-I-V-E-E-T-E-R-N-A-L-L-Y. I am a C. And it goes faster and faster. Nicely done. Thank you for our entertainment. How about I am a promise? Does anybody know I am a promise? I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. Anybody? No. Okay, that's a great one. You should learn that one. What are your favorite Vacation Bible School songs? Give me one. Church clap. clap. Just a good old church clap. Deep and wide. It's a great one. Anybody else? Father Abraham is one of my favorites. I have to tell you, This past two weeks ago, when I showed up to Vacation Bible School, they weren't singing any of those. I went to Vacation Bible School, opening worship, ready to sing and to dance with all the movements that I've been doing my whole life. And guess what? They sang none of them. They were all new songs. They were brand new songs, and they were brand new hand motions and movements, and they made no sense to me. But I sat there mesmerized at how wonderful it all was. But I still have one of my favorites is Father Abraham. Because of Father Abraham, back in my day, we had to make things very simple. It was the same words over and over again. You only just added a hand motion, do you remember? Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Left arm. 
Father Abraham had many sons. You know the song, right? And by the time it's all over, you're like in one place moving and bobbing, and it is absolutely fantastic. And guess what? That song comes from Scripture, Genesis 21. You can sing it, or you can read along the screens with me. Genesis 21. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. And when the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bowshot. For she said, Do not let me look upon the death of my child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said, What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. And then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with a bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. This is a portion of a very large story about how God made a nation through Abraham, through Abraham's family. And we all know that when you deal with family, sometimes it can be hard. And because Abraham is the father of many sons and many daughters. Abraham knows firsthand some of those difficulties. Abraham was a patriarch of a blended family. And this story is about one of the family members named Hagar. Hagar had a son. And the son's name was Ishmael. And the father was Abraham. Abraham had a wife named Sarah. Sarah had a son named Isaac. And the father was Abraham. It's a blended family. In this blended family, they decided to live together in the same home somewhat, sharing resources of everything. Until one day, Hagar said, 
or Sarah said, I don't think this is working. It's time for us not to live together. And so Abraham rose early in the morning and he took water and he took bread and he gave it to Hagar and Ishmael and sent them off into a different place. And as they're traveling, they find a spot and they settle in the wilderness. And soon the water runs out, the food runs out, and Hagar gets nervous. And out of her fear, out of her worry of a son, out of her anxiety, she cries out, Lord, do not let my son die. She prays this prayer. She opens her eyes. And what's before her? Water. In a place that looked to have none, there was plenty. In a place that looked barren, there was life. In a place that looked like the end, there was beginning. In a place that looked like Hagar was beginning to put her arms and legs and flail in the same place just to become background noise of someone's favorite character once ago, she becomes part of something new and exciting and a beginning. This story is the beginning of a nation through Abraham, through Abraham's son, Ishmael. And that new nation is called the Muslim faith. This is also part of the beginning story of Abraham being a part of a nation through a son named Isaac, which gave the nation of Jewish faith, went on to become Christian faith. So from two sons became three nations. So yes, Father Abraham had many sons and many daughters. I am one of them and so are you. And so friends, we have many stepsisters and we have many stepbrothers. And all of them are spiritually, religiously, theologically, and musically very different. And that's actually a very nice reminder right now, especially in the world of church. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to travel to Athens for our annual conference. Just in case you don't keep up with church meetings, I'll tell you about it. I know the world of church meetings can be very exciting. This particular church meeting, it happens every year. It's annually, annual conference. And a group of United Methodist churches in a geographical area who have decided to live together and share resources together, they meet once a year together. And this happens all over the nation and all over the world. And we are a part of the collection known as the North Georgia Conference. And we go to conference for the reason of listening to reports, making resolutions, having people argue for them and argue against them, and then all of us casting our opinion in the form of a vote. It's very fun. 
we also get to watch our bishops beautifully navigate policy and procedure and process. And normally, it really is quite entertaining at times. I cannot say that for this year. Our family's having, our blended family, we're having a moment. You see, typically when we go to conference, one of the things we get to do is we celebrate in ordinations. We celebrate people being called to the ministry. And normally there are anywhere from 12 to 24 people. This year there were five. Five. In our clergy, the United Methodist Church, we can be an elder or we can be a deacon. People like Michael Cromwell, Nancy Lane, these are your pastors that have been deacons. Myself, Tom Davis, Jeff Ross, Mark Goodwin, those are examples of elders, equal clergy. We had zero deacons this year and five elders. But we had dozens and dozens and dozens of people who are packing up their bread, who are packing up water, and they're leaving for a new place of the wilderness. And the reason is because of rules. It's the rules of what people can do and cannot do. I am not making a statement if it is right or if it's wrong. I'm saying this scripture comes to us at a very timely manner. Because this scripture is about the making of a nation where we are blended families. And what does God do? God listens and God responds. And so I'm wondering, as a church, are we having a theological issue or are we having a listening issue? There's a great story about Franklin Roosevelt. Franklin Roosevelt, when he was in the White House as president, he had to endure all of these receiving lines where hundreds and hundreds of people would come through the door to greet Franklin Roosevelt. And Franklin Roosevelt was convinced that no one listened to him. He said, it doesn't matter who comes in or what I say, nobody's going to listen to me. And his aide said, oh, no, you don't understand. Everyone listens to you. So one particular day, he said, I'm going to show you that I'm right and you are wrong. There were 100 people lined up to greet Franklin Roosevelt. And with every one of them, he shook the hand and he said, hello, I killed my grandmother this morning. Good to see you. I killed my grandmother this morning. Oh, nice to see you. I killed my grandmother this morning. And do you know what people said back to him? Good job. Keep up the good work. We really like to see you. You're doing amazing things. Over and over again, this happened. Until the very last person in line, who happened to be the ambassador of Bolivia. And as the ambassador of Bolivia went and greeted Franklin Roosevelt, before Roosevelt could say anything, the ambassador leaned in and said, I bet she had it coming. (laughs) Hearing makes all the difference. No, no, wait. 
Listening makes a difference. My children, they hear me, but they don't always listen. <laughs> listening is much harder because all of the time we are formulating our own argument while people are talking to us. And we hear one thing and we stop at that word to try to respond to what they said without listening to everything they had to say. Or we just assume we know what they're going to say, so we wait and then we say what we want to say. Or we can't handle it. We don't listen at all. We just wait to the opening and we say our practiced speech. We do this so much that I fear artificial intelligence is taking over our listening. I love artificial intelligence. I think it's doing great things in many areas. My fear is that it's taking over listening. Places of customer service, instead of having a person, it's a computer that says, here are your options I will listen to. Pick one. In our homes, we have things that listen to us because sometimes it's more convenient to talk to them and have them listen than people in our families. There's a woman named Bethany. Bethany woke up one morning and she was ready to go to church, but guess what? Her child was sick. Couldn't go. So Bethany decided to live stream. So she has this preacher up on the big screen in her house and the preacher's preaching, and she's doing what we all kind of do, and, you know, other things while she's listening. And the preacher begins to talk about how depersonalized our world's becoming, how we don't even have to go to the grocery store anymore. We can just say, hey, Alexa, order toilet paper. And all of a sudden, in Bethany's room, two rooms back, she hears something in her say, okay, I'll add it to your shopping list. My worry is that computers are starting to listen better than our blended family is listening. And God is trying to respond, but we're missing it. Three times in this scripture, it said God hears the voice of the boy and responds, Hagar, what troubles you? Do not be afraid. I will make you a nation. God's real response here, God gives Hagar so much water that God has to throw a proverbial anchor down. God says, stay. Stay in this place that's hard so I can make it good. And Ishmael did. Ishmael stayed and he became an expert with the bow and he had a wife and a family all from this one place. Sometimes we think of an anchor setting us down somewhere so we can enjoy where we are. I've watched that show on television 
where the boat captain takes you out to this beautiful, perfect piece of water, and they throw the anchor down so the beautiful people can jump off the boat and swim in the pristine waters. I've seen that show, too. And sometimes when they're anchoring in a beautiful spot, they get on these other little boats, and they go to the picnic that's been prepared for them while they're anchored under the wonderful beach. I've seen this, and it looks wonderful. But it's really easy to stay anchored to a place that's beautiful. I think maybe God is anchoring us so that we don't drift away. I think sometimes God is using us to stay put, to anchor us so we don't drift away from listening and responding because it is a lot harder to listen to different opinions, to listen to different ways of thinking, to listen to different songs that are new and having to learn all the new motions and movements and ways of a new thing is a lot harder to be tethered to something that's uncomfortable. I'm just wondering... If in our blended family, God isn't saying to us, stop, what is troubling you? Do not be afraid. Listen. The other thing that kids do during summers, other than vacation Bible school, they go on youth mission trips. There was this one particular youth mission trip, and it was in Mexico. And this one counselor, he had to go. His wife said, I'm sorry, you have to go. They need a man, so it's you. I told them you would go. So he was thrilled. He went to Mexico, and he did what he was supposed to do. He's like, we need to leave. The very last day, finally, he was ready to leave. We get to leave. I'm ready to leave. He's like, you know what? Just to help everything out, I'm just going to go ahead and start to load up the truck on this last day. I'm going to do whatever I can to prepare the truck so that we can leave. And as he's preparing, as he's putting everything in the truck, he is so done with everybody on the trip. And one of the women came, the other women counselors came up to him and they, you know, she tried to talk to him. And he's like, yep, been a great trip, hadn't it? It's been wonderful. It's been such a good trip. Hand me that bag over there. And finally, she took him square by the shoulders and said, stop. Would you just stop and listen? All of a sudden, He heard children who were playing together. He heard birds that were singing. He heard the hammering of nails off in the distance. And he noticed that the very kids who had come with him were hanging out with kids they had never met before. And he said, what the female counselor said next, he'll never, ever forget. She said, Stuart, what is troubling you? Stop. Listen. You're about to miss heaven.
Maybe we need to be anchored just to stop and to listen so we don't miss heaven here on earth. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious and holy Lord, we are here ready to receive your help and your comfort. And we thank you for allowing us to be your sons and your daughters who are ready to see our own value and our own worth. So guide us not so that we lead by what we want, but that we guide where you direct us. Help us to channel your wisdom in every situation. Help us to pay attention to the very things around us. Help us to pay attention to the people around us. Help us to learn what they're trying to teach us. Help us break out of the day that we knew and help us to walk into a new way to be together, whatever it might mean. And may we value the person before a policy. May we value community and sharing before we just throw out. And may we see that the skins are full of water. It is never barren with you. So give us the patience to listen to the kids singing a vacation Bible song. And give us the forethought to stop and listen to someone arguing to protect women. And give us ways to stop and listen to a man who's asking for help. And give us the compassion to listen to the family members we agree with the least. And Lord, when you said we would be a beautiful nation, help us to see nation beyond ourselves and beyond the borders so that we can be the world that you intended. And open our eyes that we may see exactly what we need is right here in front of us. So may we call out to you and allow you to respond and not us. Guide us from this place so that we may be a beacon of light and an anchor of stability. We ask all of this in the name of your son. Amen. Amen.